For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Almost. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Wasn't that gorgeous? I mean, first of all, happy Saturday, everyone. As we careen towards the end of January, there's so much to be thankful for. Who or what are you celebrating today? I have so much to celebrate, and I want to celebrate, first of all, all of the great books that I have been reading and celebrating all this month. Those of you who followed the show know that all this month, I have been celebrating National Book Blitz Month, celebrating authors and their books. We've had some incredible authors, and we're going to celebrate a few of them today. Some of, you, some of them you may not think of as authors, but authors they are. And I have a very special co-host today who I celebrate each and every day. She's more than a friend. She is a sister. She's a soulmate. I am so lucky to have her in my life. Uh, my life is a better event because of Tesla Bella. But before I bring Tess on, I want to go back and celebrate some of the great authors that we've had on this show. Here are a few. And here she is. It's Tesla Vella. I see you've been crying. I yeah. Well, first of all, how about the song? I mean, yes. if Melissa doesn't bring you to tears, then I don't know what. That was just magnificent. Oh, it's it's so uplifting. Beautiful. It's wow. uplifting. So, Tess, I want to celebrate you. I mean, first um, of all, you do the voiceovers for all of these shows. Uh, you also are an authoress, as Carol Channing would say. Uh, you have written this incredible book, Mary Witchmas. Uh, and a few weeks ago, I did a show celebrating children's books. And I very much wanted you on the show. But you are a very busy woman. So it was difficult to pin you down. Uh, but you said to me, if you ever do a Saturday show, let I, I will be there. So I said, let's go a step further. Let's do a show celebrating some of the favorite people that we've had on this show that are some of your favorites. Right. And tell us a little bit about why these authors, these artists, all resonate with you. You know what, Richard? It was very easy to pick them, okay? They all have the same thing in common. First of all, they all have their light on. And you know what I mean by that? Every one of them exudes such immense love and joy and positivity. And after just thinking for just a few moments and the pleasure that you've given me and the car blanche, so to speak, to, to pick them, it was really easy. It's like the circle of love. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I will say this, not one of them, every single name that you picked are here today. I know we got you. No one said no. And I am reading a great book. I'd love to get her on the show. Shonda Rhimes, if you're watching the show, okay. it's the year of saying yes. And I think when we say yes to each other and thank you to all the artists that are waiting in the wings they all said yes. You have no idea where they are because you don't. You can't see them in the wings. Uh, so I'm going to have you pick a number, uh, one through six. Okay. And I will bring on the first guest. Okay. So you have no idea who it's going to be, and they don't either. So I hope they're all ready. Well, before I pick, 
I just want to say from the basement of my heart, thank you for everyone being here today. Number five. Okay, number five. And uh, this is someone that has been on the show before, obviously. Um, I am a huge fan of him. I have seen his films, his television series. Um, I'm going to pull this up because I don't have everything uh, in place. But um, I have also had the pleasure of seeing his stand-up. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of his. He knows who I'm talking about. Uh, Sorted Lives. Uh, I cheat. <laughs> yes, I have to tell you. Uh, the first time I saw Sorted Lives, uh, I was away at a retreat, and they showed this film. And I sat there, and I laughed till I was in pain. And I laughed because I was in pain, because I knew Growing up in Conway, South Carolina, every single person on that screen. I grew up with them. I lived with them. And Del Shores, thank God, brought them to life. And he's here today. Del, thank you for being here. Uh, thanks for having me. I was like, uh, I felt like we were in a lottery. And I, I kind of, I, I feel like maybe I could win something now. I've never won anything. You know how everybody wins a raffle. I've never, I never win anything. So I, I, I number five. Well, Gail, we are the winners today. Uh, well, well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I am such a fan of yours. Uh, Tess, I mean, if you have questions for Dell, uh, you'll go first. You chose Dell to be here Hi. today. Del, I have been hearing about you, and of course, I know who you are, and I've watched your body of worth, as Richard says, but because of our dear friend Sharon, who talks so highly of you, I always felt that I would wish, oh my gosh, someday, I hope I get to meet him, and this was the opportunity, so are. it was really, really easy to, um, you're such an incredible, um, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to keep saying bright <laughs> So sorry. Hang on. <laughs> oh, no, that's, oh, that's Sissy Marie. Sissy. <laughs> Sissy. You know, if you don't know I'm gay by looking at me, if I start calling the dog's name Sissy Marie, Bitsy May, Gracie Louise. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're all little bitty, like, gay dogs. Chihuahuas. <laughs> That's the audience. They heard what I said. They were like, yeah, yeah she's right. Do y'all's dogs do? I don't know if y'all have dogs, but oh. I match the, when the sirens come, uh, they, they match the pitch. One oh, yes. Yes. She yes. howls to it. But anyway, I'm so sorry. Yes, you were talking about Sharon Garrison, who I love so much. And so much. She's done so much of my work. She was uh, Mrs. Barnes and Sorted Lives, the series, and, and also in... Uh, a very sordid wedding, and we just had the best time, right? But it's all my pandemic play, uh, this side of crazy. She just tore it up at the Zephyr Theater and well, did such a great job. So, well, Zell, I want to give a shout out, first of all, uh, to Leslie Jordan. Nice. Uh, yes. Um, and the night that we all got the news, I went to watch uh, a very sordid wedding. And one of my closest and dear, dearest friends who we also lost just last week, Carol Cook, uh, was in the film, uh, which I was not expecting. And when she came on screen, uh, I just screamed out loud uh, because she's just one of my dearest friends on the planet. And uh, I want to thank you for giving these great, uh, I mean, the humor that you allow to just come through 
uh, it's it's there. You put it on the paper, but my God, it's incredible. Well, you know, they are both such great examples. I mean, I've got Leslie's book sitting right here. Uh, how y'all doing? Uh, well, shit, how y'all doing? They couldn't put well shit on the cover. Uh, but, you know, when you, when you have a, and I, I'm sure, you know, uh, Luke can probably attest to this as well. When you have someone in your head and you're writing that dialogue, it just, uh, it makes your work better. And I always say, Leslie made my work so much better than, than, it, than it could have been in, in, uh, with somebody else uh, saying those lines. And then Carol, you know, I, Carol and I worked together in 1993. She did my play, Daughters of the Lone Star State, again at the Zephyr Theater. And um, I just fell in love with her. I've, you know, I, we, we've just been um, such good friends and it's, you know, we lost her last week and mm -hmm. I talked to her. The last thing I said to her is I love you, Carol Cook. And she, she could barely speak cause she, you know, she did well until the end. Yes. Should have been 99 and may we all have such a great life. And she was wicked and just hysterical to the very end. Absolutely. So, well, now I'm going to let you bring on our next guest. So you will pick a number one through five, and you have no idea who we're going to who's going to be coming up uh, either. So hopefully they're all ready to come on. Uh, yes, let's go for number three. Uh, and that is another. Uh, well, you you just mentioned his name, and that's Luke. incredible, Luke Yankee. Hello, so hey, happy Luke. to be here with in such illustrious company. Now, Luke, you've been on the show twice before. I, I mean, uh, this incredible book about your mom, Eileen Heckard, uh, and also your latest book, uh, which is doing so incredibly well. It's constantly flying off the shelves uh, here in New York, uh, The Art of Writing for the Theater. Uh, so, I mean, Dale brings up this very interesting point as well. Uh, when you're writing for a specific uh, character or person, are you thinking, are there voices running through your head? I think so, yes. And, you know, Dell and I both have an acting background as well, as, uh, as many playwrights mm -hmm. do. And I think that certainly adds to it. I mean, you know, I, I've written uh, my latest play, Marilyn, Mom and Me, is, which is getting a lot of attention, I'm happy to say, is about uh, my mother, Eileen Heckard, and her intense friendship with Marilyn Monroe during the shooting of Bus Stop. So, of course, I've got those voices in my head. And, and sometimes I will ask the characters what they want to say. Mm. It's like, okay, mom, what do you want to say here? Oh, wow. Marilyn, what comes next? And, and I get an answer and put it down on paper. And uh, when that happens, you know, when, when the muse phones to that extent, uh, it's very exciting. So how has your life changed since these two books have come out? Uh, and was your, uh, your, I mean, they're very different styles of writing, uh, but they're both brilliant. Uh, so thank you. you know, how is your process different uh, sitting down to write each of these books? Well, with the latest book, The Art of Writing for the Theater, in addition to the brass tacks elements of talking about uh, script analysis, theater criticism, and playwriting, which I wrote myself, uh, because of the fact that it was done during the pandemic, uh, people were readily available. Mm -hmm. So I also have interviews, excerpts from interviews with 18 
world-class playwrights, um, critics, uh, librettists, uh, people like David Henry Huang, Marsha Norman, Ben Brantley. And, you know, Richard, every one of those was like a masterclass for me. I mean, what I learned was just mind-blowing. And uh, I'm also the head of playwriting at Cal State Fullerton out here on the West Coast. And I know it's made me a better teacher. Oh, and, wow. uh, and I certainly in, incorporate and, and a better writer as well. And just realizing, for instance, that my process was very similar to Donald Margulies' writing process. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I write the same way a Pulitzer Prize winner. Mm -hmm. so, so that's always a nice affirmation. That's great. Uh, Tess, do you have any questions before we bring on our next guest? Yes, I do. Luke, um, when you're teaching, what is that just makes you so passionate about getting what you want to get across? What is the passion that you want every student in your class to, to experience? That's a good question, Ted. I mean, I would love for them to experience a similar level of passion about writing that I do. Okay, wow. Oh, and, and if I'm able to convey that either either through examples or through, you know, is showing excerpts from these interviews with some of these great writers or through reading an amazing play or, or telling an amazing story of my mother's about her experience with William Inge or Arthur Miller or something like that. You know, I, I bring all of that to my work and I, I do my best to try and pass that on. That was a great answer. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. And Luke, you get to bring our next guest on. We've got the men on now. So now the ladies are all waiting in the wings. So there are four of them, four brilliant artists. So one through four. Okay, uh, four. And she made it, everybody that, you know. Oh, yay. is here. And Ruta, the fact that you made it here, I can now honestly say I consider my ass kissed. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of your guests along with you and my darling Tess to consider your asses kissed. What a privilege to be with Thank you. you. And, and it's so lovely because I know we have lots of ladies on, but the two gentlemen that you have on, both Luke and Dell, you know, they're such gentle men. Now, Dell has this acid, acid tongue that makes everybody <laughs> laugh, but underneath it all, he is a pussycat. <laughs> He's a lovely human being, and I just adore him. And Luke and I only do funerals together. No matter where we go, we are friggin' funeral or other. And and I'm just so sorry that we have lost our beautiful Carol Cook. Oh yeah. I wanted to show you something. The last Christmas card I got from Carol and the Dummy, and I call him the Dummy, her husband. Tom, Isn't yeah. it gorgeous the way they're done? Um, oh, he I, does I those. He does Tom. so many of those. I worked with I mean, Tom on uh, on a show, a two-parter, where he played a deaf mute. So I called him the dummy, and he's been the dummy ever since. Oh. Then, and he refers to himself that way. So let's everybody send up a kind thought and a prayer for that fabulous Dame Carol Cook. My card is sitting on my piano, and number one, I, number, I don't know how, but every year, my birthday card arrives on the actual day of my birthday. 
Ooh, this has been going on for 10 years. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Carol once said to me, she said, you know, I tried to help him out once, but he told me I screwed everything up. Uh, <laughs> it's oh, such God, detailed work. Yeah. You know, he, he glues all kinds of wonderful little tchotchkes on everything. It's a true gift to get one of these. And I'm, I'm so proud to be on their list. So, Ruta, your amazing book, Consider Your Ass Kissed. Everybody, if you haven't read this book, you cannot put it down. Uh, it is just incredible. I want to ask, how has your life changed since the book came out? Well, there is interest from Ames, Iowa, and East Overcoat, Missouri, and Bad Breath, Montana, and everywhere that I never thought that I would touch. And yet writers and, and critics and whatever from everywhere and, and people that do interviews are, are reaching out to me. So I love that part. Uh, it, it's, it's really quite wonderful. And I have such profound respect for anybody who does this for a living, writing a book. Mm. I think it's the toughest damn thing in the world. It's easy to tell a story and just relate it. And that's the only way I could write a book is to have somebody sit with me, record every frigging thing I said, and, and then uh, transpose it all, you know, and try. And then, then comes the hard part, editing. And what yeah. did you cut out? I'm sure all of you feel exactly the same way. It is so hard to throw the baby out with the bathwater mm -hmm. when it comes to edit, edit, edit. And I have profound respect for anybody who sits down every day and does this. Woo. Well, there are two things that I want to say to you. First of all, I don't know where you found the time to write the book because you're the busiest woman in show business. That's number one. And number two, I have a bone to pick with you. And I'm finally going to get it off my chest today. Okay. Um, almost every single night, you're on some TV show. And I spend all night watching Rudely just last week you were accused of killing somebody with an ice pick on oh. Perry Mason. Oh. <laughs> did I? I don't remember. I did no, something no, different. you did not do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless you. I wish I was getting residuals for every time one of those shows ran, but they ran out a long time ago. But thank God they're there, Ruta. We, oh, I, I am very, there. very grateful. But uh, Dell is kind of in my area. He spends time in Palm Springs. And something nice has come up. Uh, maybe it's because of the book, because we're calling the show Consider Your Ass Kiss. But I'm going to do uh, The Purple Room, which is oh, a exotic, wonderful, sophisticated club in Palm Springs. And Tommy Toon plays there. And, yes. and uh, Lucy. When, when are you doing it, Ruda? When, is, when are you uh, going to be March there? March 10th and 11th. I'm so putting it in my book right now. All of you who are going to be in Palm Springs, kindly put your darling asses in the seat and, and tell everybody you ever knew to come, okay? I'm going to get the word out. Uh, and uh, Ruta, you get to bring on our next guest, one through three. Oh, well, I will absolutely go for number one. And that is, uh, well, Tess, uh, you've known her longer than I have. You want to do the introduction? You know I'm bringing on. I, I sure do. So this woman is a powerhouse singer, entertainer, gives her heart and soul and is constantly in service to people when she and her amazing husband, Richie Schweitzer, please meet Jill Schweitzer. She's an author of the new book, Contemporaries Singers Blueprint. Did I say that right? That's right. You got it. You got it right. 
Okay. So, hello, Jill. Welcome back to the show, first of all. And uh, it's such a thrill to have you here again. Um, how is every, uh, are you getting a lot of gigs now that uh, the COVID veil seems to be lifting? Uh, well, firstly, thank you. And in such fine company. I mean, I, I feel overwhelmed uh, with all of the careers and the, the creativity of all the folks on the show. So firstly, just, you know, creativity, yay, like in all the different forms. It's just, it's, it's inspiring. Um, yes, thank goodness. Uh, COVID and the pandemic is over. We, my husband and I did a radio show for eight years. And during that time, we did these living room uh, concerts and radio shows from our living room. So, you know, we kept it going and uh, it was fun. You know, our living room became a, a television studio, you know, <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, but it's so nice to be back in front of live audiences and uh, you know, this is all I've done, uh, you know, for 30, 32 years, you know, this has been my life. I chose to, you know, make entertainment my life like all of you did. And it's, it's terrifying and it, it pays <laughs> off really well, but it's also, you know, scary at times. And, but it's, it's, it's what we got to do. And you've written how many books now? Uh, this is my second, uh, I've written one uh, work of fiction. This is my second book of nonfiction. Now, this is an incredible textbook. And not only is it a great textbook, but you have also uh, interviewed, like almost everyone here, uh, incredible artist. Anne Hampton Calloway did the board for the book. Uh, Marilyn May is a part of the book. Uh, Nicholas King, all these incredible artists. Um, what is the one common thread that you feel that all of these great artists have in common that elevates them to the level that they are in the music industry? Whoa, Nellie, that's a good question. The, the, the common thread. Mm -hmm. I, I think going back to what Tess was saying earlier, uh, speaking with Luke, it's passion. I mean, you have to have passion because the business is so very competitive and not stable. And, um, you know, there's no 401k, there's no health plan. If you don't have passion to, to drive you, um, I don't know that you get very far. I think you just get the day job. Eh, I'm just going to get the day job. I'm, I'm going to, uh, you need that, that just overwhelming passion. And I don't think that's something you can, uh, conjure. It's just, it's something you have. Would you all agree? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh. So, Ruta just said, I mean, writing a book is, a, I mean, and Carol Channing once said, writing a book is a very lonely profession. Um, do you feel that this book is a result of, I mean, obviously, it's an incredible book. I, I love this book, and I refer to it all the time. But do you think this book came a lot about more readily because of COVID? No, actually, I, the publisher that wanted me, the first one I wrote was 2006, and the publisher wanted me to write an updated, uh, you know, edition, because things have changed so uh, rapidly and, and profoundly in the music business. I mean, just um, at light speed. It's so very different. The first book I'm writing about, go on MySpace, you know. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> 
Where is my space? Yeah. yeah. So things had changed. And I thought, oh, the pandemic, that's when I'll do it. Perfect. I didn't do a damn thing. I just was surviving. I was not in creativity mode at all. Um, so it was coming out of it and being in front of audiences again that got that excitement and fire and go, oh, this is this is what I got to share. And I need to tell about this and I need to, you know, interview this person and get that nugget and that pearl of wisdom. That's great. Tess, you have a question before we bring on our next guest? Yes, actually, it's not a question. It's just um, something that I found fascinating. You know, when I was thinking about all the people that I love and that are here today, um, when Jill happened to be telling me that when she found out that Melissa Manchester was going to be on, she had a little story about the Royal Room. So, Jill, would you tell it? Well, yeah, that Melissa is the only one of you that I've ever met before, of course, besides Tess and, and Richard. Uh, but Melissa Manchester appeared at the Colony Hotel in Palm Beach, uh, where my husband and I worked for 10 straight years as the house band, residence uh, band. But uh, there was a Royal Room cabaret in the hotel. And so that's where I got my master classes for 10 years the incredible talent that came through. My husband and I went early every single week to sit in the back and watch greatness. And, and there's Melissa, a and, uh, what, Yeah, and Melissa Manchester, to hear that voice, to hear her sing those songs in the room with my own ears in person, <laughs> it was just, it was magic. And I uh, just adore her uh, as a performer, but I also got to chat with her and she is just a lovely human being. So I was thrilled that she was going to be right, Absolutely right on that issue. Uh, well, we're going to bring on our next guest, uh, two incredible artists waiting in the wings and you get to bring either one or two. Uh, let's go with number one, baby. And uh, I have to tell you this, uh, Dee, uh, she doesn't know this, but she's a guru to me uh, or a goddess. She's a goddess because Born, which I know, Luke, you are reading currently. Um, I have read through this book probably four or five times. It's just an incredible book. And each time, and Dee, this is a testament to you, each time I read it, I learn something new. Oh, I'm so touched. Really, thank you. And first of all, I want to be very clear. I have never received a card from Carol. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Hard out, baby. Got lost in the list somewhere. <laughs> Secondly, I want to say to Del and Luke, at being the actress that I am, and born, of course, is born from my healing work, but being the actress, there is nothing more important than the words were given to say. Mm. If wow. we don't have the words, we can be good. We can't be great. Um, we don't have the direction that we need. The first thing I do when I hear you have an offer is I have to read the script, you know, and so often, and I know a lot of you can agree, I know you can, Ruta, you pick up 
a script and you go, people just don't talk like this. <laughs> Why are they writing these? This is like a line that somebody studied for five minutes to figure out how to form it. Not the way people talk. So thank you. Well D, I always uh, when, when I when I teach my students, I teach at Northwestern State University in Louisiana every year now as their guest artist. I always the first day I always make my playwriting students go to a diner and just listen to people because I, I, I say, you know, the, the, we always get the worst, the worst. And you actresses can attest to this is that polite conversation. You say your line. I say my line. You say and I say, just mess it up. We yeah. are not, we just interrupt and we, you know. Man after my own heart, baby. <laughs> so, you know, I've had the chance to work with a lot of great directors and and they know that. They give you, re the really good directors give you the room, right, mm. to make those words your own or talk at the same time or talk over somebody or whatever. So, but I just thank you because that's where, at least as an actress, that's where all my work starts. And, and it's interesting as a healer, I, my books come through my channel. So it's, it's a very, well, see, they're stopping me right now and going bullshit. <laughs> It's a very different process than yours, but they're saying to me now, all, all creativity comes through a channel, whether we call it a channel or our imagination or our, our talent or whatever, we're, we're bringing it in from another source and making it our own. That's the only way I act um, since studying with Charles Conrad. I don't break down anything or research any. Well, if I have to play something physical that I really need to know the physical manifestations, but I don't really work on a part. I, I turn it over and let her come through me. Wow. And when I... I heard very clearly, because I do a lot of private sessions every week, write a book during COVID. Because I, I get up every day and go, okay, what can I create today? Mm -hmm. And I heard, write the book. Not a book, the book. And I knew exactly what they were talking about because in all my private sessions, everybody intellectually knows the creation process if they've studied it over the years, but very few people live it. And if you don't live it, you don't manifest. You know that. We have to Absolutely. come forward and be in harmony and excitement and passion like everybody's talked about. And if you're not in alignment with that, it doesn't come Absolutely. so easily. I want to go back to something that Dell said, and then I want to bring on our uh, uh, last guest who's waiting in the wings, um, and then we're all going to have a conversation about creativity. Uh, but Meryl Streep once, once said in an interview 
that her greatest regret about fame was that she could no longer go into a diner mm. and drop on the people around her. Mm-hmm. Very interesting mm-hmm. that you bring that up. And I, I, I speaking mm-hmm. of channeling, Melissa Manchester, uh, I, uh, she, uh, her camera's not on for some reason. There she <laughs> is. Hello, Melissa. First of all, we opened with your incredible, this is a new recording of this song from a few years ago. Yes, but I thank God for your revisiting so many of your songs and giving them through different eyes now. And you're looking at these songs in a different way. Where did the idea for all of that start for you? Uh oh. I hope we didn't lose her. For while we're trying to get her back, I just wanted to say is she on, Richard? Sorry. Uh, it's. Um, I was so touched by the pictures and what, what the pictures represented with the words. I was bawling because. Here come the tears. There's no one more important in my life and who I've become than my mom and my family. And it just really, really touched me, Melissa. Melissa, do you want to try going out and coming back in again? I'm going to take you off. Just log back on. And I'm hoping that we're going to get a a better connection. Uh, So let's go. That's how I felt. It made yeah. me cry through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It was so beautiful. It mm-hmm. just opens your heart, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know what else is beautiful? The fact that all of us are sitting on the same screen, thousands of miles apart from each other, and talk about magic and how <laughs> wonderful. We should have background music just for us. <laughs> you know, uh- I'm glad that you asked this question because I'm going to go around and I'm going to ask each of you um, if you had your soundtrack that was constantly playing, Tess, what would your soundtrack be? Oh, Michael Bublé. Um, it's a it's a great day. You know, uh, what is it? I, uh, On a wonderful day like today? What a wonderful day. That's, that would be every day to be grateful for every little tiny thing that we're alive. That would be mine. I would like to do it. It's a beautiful I have, I have a morning mix. I begin every day with this playlist and it's all songs of optimism. It's all Broadway uh, up tunes and many of Melissa's songs are on that list. So, Melissa, welcome back. Hi. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Here I am. Well, thank you. Um, I was asking, you know, you are revisiting these songs that you did earlier in your career. What was the impetus for going back and revisiting these songs? Uh, Well, uh, first of all, I'm honored to be in this lovely and lively group and very creative group. Um, 
by the way, I'm the only one who has not written a book I'm commissioned to compose a concerto, and that is what I'm working on right now. Wow. Uh, nice. But to your friend, um, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, it is a book. Oh, speaking of books, I am shamelessly plugging my sweet, sweet cousin's children's book. She just wrote this, and she just won a Napa Award for it. It's a children's book called The Moon is Broken. Okay, I've done oh, that. Oh, um, in answer to your question. Today is the new moon. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I will indeed. Um, you know, the pandemic was so um, fraught with, you know, it was another example of peeling the onion from the inside, which is how I approach writing. It, you just don't know what it is that you're when you get all of the components, songwriting anyway. And, and in the pandemic, I was so... Um, I was so struck by the layers I had to go through, um, fear, anxiety, and finally I got to the bottom line of, and I understood I was feeling grief for the life that I thought possibly was over, and I did not know the life that would be waiting for me, and so, so I, I, I started to use, particularly after the George Floyd murder. Um, the the resonance of music, which which always leads me somewhere, and I started writing choral pieces, and posted some, <clears throat> and I thought, I'm approaching my fifty. This is my fiftieth year in my career, so I was I was going to re-record my charted hits so that I investigated harmonics. None of them have failed. Because on stage you don't fade, you just stop singing. Um, and I, I made videos that accompany the songs to reflect this moment that we were that we've been living through. And I was so surprised how many of these songs have grown into this moment. So it's been that beautiful. Mm. Going back and revisiting these songs again, are I mean. And again, we're in a different time. Uh, you mentioned just a month ago that you were thinking that what was gone, and now you're seeing through, we're looking through the eyes of love, you're seeing what's ahead of you. Um, what's different now? Yes, well, that's, that's, well, well, having started uh, my career in the early 70s, when the wisdom was you sign with a, a the bank and that allows you to record and they they uh underwrite tours and all of that stuff well we are in the age of the Indian arts which i learned it was teaching at usc at the thornton school friends and i have subsequently they have subsequently taught me how to become an artist i know i'm signed to my to a record i am the company uh, not wait for the approval of somebody in a suit. It's my approval and my colleagues' approval, and the, you know, and the the people that I choose to work with. It's also code language for you do four times, but it's very joyful. And I, I noticed everybody was talking about the word and the passion for the word. You know, I used to I used to subscribe. That used to be the key word for me too. I used to subscribe to that word, passion, 
and it has reframed over the decades for me. There are two words that sustain me now. One is hunger. It is hunger. It's creative hunger. And that is where the spirit knows no time. The spirit does is not interested in whether you're growing or what. It just wants to play. And that is what I connect with all the time. The other thing is, the other word that, that I, this point is, is curiosity. Curiosity is a softer version of passion. And it allows an opening to make a way where there was no way. And that is, that is what I follow. And that is what I live for. I will write my book after this, but... Uh, but in order to make room for this concert where there was no way, I've never written before. But somebody asked me if I would, somebody and belief, and I said yes. And so suddenly I found a where there was no way, and I kept putting fear aside. And I just yeah. let my curiosity and my hunger guide me. Wow, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Tess, uh, I've got some random questions sure. that I want to ask everyone about creativity, but I'm going to ask, let's see if you have any questions for any of uh, our favorites of yours and mine too. Um, Ruda, would you tell me who is the actor that you absolutely like loved working with who who you wished that you could do something with again it doesn't matter if they're on the earth every single the leading man i ever had <laughs> I love or that. didn't have as the case may be wow uh, one of my altogether favorites and this will probably stun you was caesar romero wow Mm. What a lovely human being and gentleman he was. And uh, to me, he, he epitomized what movie stars were about. And he continued that gorgeous attitude that, that he gave the world. And, and he treated everybody so beautifully. And, and I just thought he was one of the most special people that I've ever known. Um, wow. Slightly crazy about Frank Sinatra, of course, but uh, okay. Well, that's but let's easy. face it. Who will, who wasn't? Uh, and when you talked about what music did you want to hear? I want to. It's a cross between Ave Maria and Frank Sinatra. Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Sinatra singing Ave Maria. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so I've got some random questions that I want to ask each of you about creativity, and then I'll start with you. What something? that would make everything else irrelevant when it comes to your own creativity. Was that for me? That's for you. Oh, it, it, would you repeat it? You cut it, there was a cutout for a second. What's the one thing that would make everything else irrelevant when it comes to your own creativity? Oh. The one thing that would make everything else mm. irrelevant. Well, I guess my mom, because if my my mom was, uh, you know, I, I've said this often, my mom was the high school drama teacher. My dad was a Southern Baptist preacher and my mother. So theatrics on both sides of the family. Uh, but my mother, uh, when I was a kid, she paid us a dollar uh, to read a play or a book. And finally, I read so many that she, I broke her. 
She said, <laughs> she said, and, and she didn't have to do, there was no incentive <laughs> necessary anymore. So I would, I would not be doing what I did. I do if it weren't for my mom. So everything would have been irrelevant, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, Sharon Garrison's in the room. She played my mom It's as Latrell in one a production of Sorted Lives. And I always described her as a loving, controlling bitch. But she was <laughs> she was uh, uh, amazing, amazing uh, fuel for my creativity. God bless our moms. Bless oh, yes. yes. Amen. Yes. Uh, Jill, uh, when, where, and how did you find your own work ethic in this business when it comes to your creativity and how do you hold on to it in this business that's constantly changing? You said work ethic. Work ethic. Um, to Melissa's point, that's a that when you said that um, that that creativity, uh, curiosity. Uh, the when I graduated college, because nobody encouraged me to be a singer, even though I sang my whole childhood, everybody was like, well, you got to get a real job, you know. Uh, so I did that and I worked in public relations and I had a great job and I cried every single day driving home from work. And everybody around me was gung ho. They got there early. They set up their offices with pictures. I mean, I didn't bring anything to work. I didn't want to make it a home in any way, shape or form. You know, mentally I was resistant. I thought I did not have a good work ethic. I thought, what's wrong with me? And it wasn't until I just took the leap and said, I'm going to be a professional singer that nobody works harder. And it's not, it's just, I have to make myself take the rest to stop <laughs> because I love it. It's it's joy for me. It's it's a pain in the ass too, but it, you know what I mean. It's it's there's a lot of uh, I want to be the best that I can be when I'm doing a gig, when I'm doing a performance, when I'm preparing for a performance, so that I can enjoy. And so, well, thank you for that, uh, Ruda. To me, every day is about creativity. What have you created today? <laughs> I hope um, that I created laughter and, and a giggle in somebody's life. That to me is one of the most important things is that uh, I don't care if it's a four-legged creature or a two-legged creature, I would like them all to think of me with fondness and, and on my tombstone I want, I left everybody with a smile. Oh, great. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. You do. And I do want to give a shout out to your beautiful shining diamond who's there with you, who is, I just love Judy so much. I'm sending her a big, there she is. Okay. I'm sending her a big kiss. Here, red. Yes, I love you so much. You're, you're the real That's kid. Judy Diamond, who is on my right and left and every other hand. I want a Judy Diamond in my life. Uh, so, Judy. Uh, Luke, what gave you energy this week when it can be your own creativity? Uh, what gave me energy this week is that I have a weekend place in Palm Springs and as, uh, as Dell and, and Ruta, and, um, I've been out here for this week before I start back to teaching next week. And, um, uh, it has just being out here. It's so expansive and so enlivening 
And, you know, I turn off mm -hmm. the 111 and just sort of go mm -hmm. as I approach Palm Springs, seeing these gorgeous sunsets and sunrises, being here mm. amongst the palm trees in this beautiful weather. And, and I, I cannot be in Palm Springs and not be in a space of gratitude oh, as I am most of my life, as I really strive what? to be. Well, Luke, Luke, come, to Palm Beach. come to Palm ah. Beach, Florida, and visit us. Palm Beach is pretty fabulous, too. Oh, yes. But I'm going to add to Luke's comment, and that is that I think one of the reasons also is that Palm Springs is so clean. Yes. And I think yes. it's because the sun bakes all the garbage down to nothing, and it's absolutely <laughs> fabulously clean. <laughs> Absolutely. So, look, I want a full report from March 11th at the Purple Room. Would you send it to me? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Dee, I'm reading a great book called My Morning Routine. And it's my Morning What? My Morning Routine. Uh -huh. And it's all creative individuals, and they've all written about their morning routines. Uh -huh. The question to you is, do you have a morning routine? Oh, in stone. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I get up and I check my phone. <laughs> and then I go into my private back office and I do my breathing meditation. I do not walk out of my bedroom without doing that. Uh, and then I direct my day. I say today, my intention is to be loved and take love out to everybody and everything I meet and to magnetize love back to me, to be clear, to know to create health, wealth, and happiness for myself and all my loved ones. So I am a big believer in starting your day, getting yourself centered because all creativity comes from us. We're the center of everything we create. So when we're in alignment and joy and passion and hungry, then we go out and that 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 frequency gets shot out into the world and the world goes hey let's go play with her <laughs> so that's how i start my day that's wonderful and i'm going to bring up a comment uh d wallace your book was best i ever read loved it so much i won it from richard skipper the last oh. time you were on the show so, oh thank you thank you natasha oh. Thank Lovely, you. thank you. Uh, Melissa, when was the first time that you were aware of the power of your creativity? Hmm. Oops. Are you talking to me? Yes, Melissa. Oh, repeat. Sorry, you went. You went. Oh, I'm sorry. When was the first time that you were aware of the power of your creativity? Oh my gosh! The power of my creativity. <laughs> um, 
that's a that's a complex question because because part of the question is when was I aware of the power of creativity? Let me answer that first. Okay. Uh, when I was five years old, I first heard Ella Fitzgerald sing Gershwin, mm. and I did not know what she was singing about, but it was a light. It was a defining light that that informed my five-year-old heart. You want to live in her neighborhood for the rest of your life, and anybody else who neighborhood too, from from you know musical composers to performers to to classical composers, and of course, I was raised in a very creative family, uh, so that was just my norm. But the but the power of my creativity. I'll tell you what was interesting. Um, Carol Sager and I were were writing partners for several years, and we were writing and writing for me, and I was recording my songs. And people would tell me that my songs were, were moving and helpful and enlightening and all of that loveliness. But at one point, Ms. Magazine which was a new publication at the time, and the women's movement was new as a burgeoning movement at the time. This magazine created a, uh, a, a PBS special, and it was called Woman Alive. And they used one of our songs called Home to Myself for this set on this woman named Krista Lisa, who was a union organizer, and she was the model for Dr. Norma Ray. And there was a segment used in this television show. The scene actually is in Norway where Krista Lisa just got out of jail. She takes her three babies, wakes them from their sleep. They all have different fathers. She explains to them that they, they will hear their mother be called jailbird. And this is a true scene. And it was, it was used in the film Norma Ray. But in the PBS special, they used our song home to myself to underscore the scene and suddenly my song had transcended needs and had a larger life and a larger purpose and and served a larger service so to speak so so that's one sense of the transcendent power of my my craft my art thank you thank you for that I can't believe this hour has gone. This has been a show that I've been looking forward to since Kath and I first started talking about it. Uh, I want to thank you all for being here. Don't go anywhere for a moment. Uh, I'm going to give you all a chance to have your final word today. It could be about anything that we spoke about today that you want to build upon, anything that we didn't speak about that you wish that we had, or just any final message that you want to leave everyone who's watching today. Uh, and, uh, and then I will uh, pick someone and then you will pick the next person and so on and test you will have the final word today um oh, but I, each day uh my day begins d i'm going to talk about my morning routine um i get a text message from miss tesla bella every single morning every morning and it's positive aff affirmations for both of us for the day we set our days off on a positive tone we are there for each other. We support each other. When it seems like the world is falling down around the rest of us, we are there to hold each other up. Uh, each day I pull a word that I focus on each day. And the word I pull today is truth. 
And I think that what, speaking of creativity, the reason that the creativity with each of you is so powerful is because it is your authentic truth. And as long as all of us on this planet live our authentic truths, the world would be a better place. We live on a planet where unfortunately everyone needs to be number one or everyone needs to be the winner or everyone needs to be uh, at the front of the line. And we don't give people a chance to fail or to be bad or to try to learn to get to that point. So we need to give everyone a little bit more slack. We need to celebrate each other a little bit more. That's my (laughs) to celebrate artists and their body of worth because every person on this planet is worthy. I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. We have all of these great artists on the show. Check out their books and their music. Uh, Share them with your friends. Pick up the phone tonight and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a while. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call. And let that person know how they matter in your life. I have a dear friend who says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I say, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. Some are in yachts, some are in canoes, some are in rafts, uh, some are in kayaks, some are on tugboats pushing everything upstream. It doesn't matter. Whatever boat you're on, make sure that you have a skipper by your side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to send it over to you, Jill. And then when you finish, you'll pick it up. It's all yours. Thank you. Gosh, uh, this has just been a delight. And I'm just inspired by all of you. And I, I just, you know, just living the uh, creative life. I, that's what I'm here for. So thank you for having me. And thank you for your, your insight and your stories. It's, it's been lovely. That's all I got. Who do you pick? Pick someone now, oh, Jill. I have to pick someone. Oh, Melissa, I'm going to pick you because I know you and I love you, and I'm just sure. sure. Thank, thank you, Jill. Um, we are so blessed to be able to wrap our hearts and make a living at our creative lives. Um, I tell my students, and I know this to be true, that this version of normal is though festive. It's unsteady, it's unsane, sometimes it's unsafe, but it's so scintillating and so deeply interesting that it calls to me. So I recommend it and I congratulate all of you for walking such a beautiful walk. Thank you. Who do you pick, Melissa? Uh, I choose, yes, I choose Luke. Thank you. Uh, again, I'm so honored to be in the company of all of these extraordinary artists. Uh, just such a thrill. And to elaborate in something that's been said earlier, or perhaps to say it in my own words, when I get off track, as we all do at some point, if I can just get back to a space of gratitude, 
Maybe mm. if it's simply being grateful that I'm above ground. If I'm stuck in traffic, I'll say, thank God I have a car that works or whatever it is. If I can just, anytime I get off, off center, if I can just get back to gratitude. And there was some philosopher who said, if the only prayer you ever say is thank you, that's enough. So thank you to all of you and thank you for this glorious day. Thank you, Luke. That was oh, and I choose my darling Ruta. Oh, thank you, Luke. We've had such beautiful little prayers to end this wonderful event today. And uh, first of all, we've had such a good time, Richard. Would you get us all together again, please? Yeah. And is tomorrow too soon? <laughs> <laughs> but your favorite word, Richard, was truth. I've got to tell you, mine is laughter. If we can just laugh our way through all of our miseries in this life, and Lord knows we've got plenty of them, I think that that is one of the greatest blessings that the Lord gave us, is to be able to laugh at almost everything. And I, maybe we should not make the almost, but all things. Bless you all. Thank you. And uh, let's see, who have I got? Oh, well, Del Shores, my darling next-door neighbor. Thank you, Ruda. Um, I just wanted to say that uh, because there are probably people who are listening who who are creative and and, and sometimes they don't know how to express that is uh, I always say you have to claim some time for yourself every day. And I I write every single day, whether I'm thinking or whether I'm putting it on, you know, and I write like this. I don't know how I read it, but this is the way I write. My, this is my new play. And I I always say when the world is quiet, that's when I want to write. So I get up very early in the morning and I turn everything off and I say, this is mine. This is mine today. And don't wait for you to feel creative because if you start writing, yeah. you will feel creative. The creativity will come. Yep. That's mine. Well, I guess it's me. <laughs> um, I, I would say the most important words I have for everybody is love yourself. And then love yourself more. We're not taught to love ourselves. We're taught to love others. Um, but everything that you create in your life, music or books or acting or just getting up in the morning and loving your family, life is an exercise of creation. And the more you truly love and honor yourself and your magnificence, the happier you are, the more you laugh, and the more you create. Wow. Well, first, I want to thank Richard very much. Hope I don't cry. This was very, very overwhelmingly joyful. Richard, thank you for letting me co-host this amazing show and pick my very favorite people and the authors of the past and Melissa Manchester for your beautiful talent and voice. But thank you for inspiring and sharing your stories and being so vulnerable and honest and looking to laugh and be joyful about us all being together. The only thing that I wished 
was that I could have made a big Italian dinner, maybe some lasagna, antipasto, a little bit of bread and some salad and, and dessert and had you all in my home and hosted it like that. And Richard, I just want to say, if you can make that happen, please do. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Let's go out and love one another. Mwah. Thank you.